Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Hi, folks. It's Bob Vetter here. Before the podcast starts, I wanted to offer you something for free available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. It's a download of a game and map of the healer's journey called Sustos, named after the traumatic events that can lead to soul loss. The game provides insights in how we ourselves can be healed and how that process empowers us in our healing efforts with others. Get your free download at www.bobvetter.com. Now, let's get to our latest podcast episode. Greetings, listeners. I'm here today with Connie Groff. Decluttering is a personal transformation tool. So is astrology. Connie Groff is a Swiss certified expert in finance and accounting, a certified clutter clearing practitioner, and an astrologer. She's helping people create supportive, clutter-free environments in their home, office, files, and finances. But more importantly, she helps them develop intentional habits and systems that prevent clutter from creeping back in. She says decluttering is self-love and a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. Connie is the author of the ebook From Chaos to Peace, a simple program to clear your clutter and change your life. So Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. My pleasure. So Connie, uh, you have an interesting story. I'm going to ask you to take us through how you discovered this process. What happened along the way in your life that allowed this to happen for you? So um, when I was little, like growing up past seven primary school, I was lucky enough to have my own room in, in the house where, where I grew up. But it was a very small room. And I was always aware from early on how the environment has an effect on me. So because the room was so small, it was basically a desk, a bed, and a closet, and not much more. And and I I, I felt like when there was too much, I felt how it's um, starting to bother me and so I would I would as a little girl already I would do what we today call decluttering I just didn't know that's what I'm doing but I was constantly creating um, more space I would rearrange furniture and everything so then moving on that was not really like I was always interested so I started to um, look into it I came across feng shui and all these things but that was not really something that where I grew up in Switzerland was really known or anything. So I ended up in finance, but you wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Like I'm in finance and all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh, if my desk is actually nice and clean, if, if my files are actually organized, I can work so much better. Everything becomes so much easier. So 
but that was that's more hindsight because I didn't really clue off right off the bat. That's what I'm doing again in my work life, you know. I just had the reputation to be very efficient, very productive. If you need something, get done, give it to Connie, kind of thing, you know. And um, and only later I realized, oh, that is actually because I'm so aware how I can make my life easier, how I can make work easier by creating. Um, organization around me that works for me, that is um, supporting me. That's why I always say, like, let's create supportive environments. It's supporting me. So even when life or business gets stressful, at least I don't have to scramble and try to find things because it's, I'm, I'm kind of have it set up in a way that works for me and my brain. And, and yeah, so when I then, um, and that was all still in Switzerland. And when I then moved to Canada, all my finance degrees um, were not really valid anymore. So they're not recognized here. Um, no matter how much schooling you have, the Canadians say, uh-uh, <laughs> that was Switzerland. So that's then kind of when I started to use that knowledge more for for helping people instead of helping them with their books or I never did taxes but I did analyzing um, their their finances helping them creating their year-end finances for tax purposes and everything but because my certificate was not valid here I wasn't wasn't um, feeling that people would be very um, confident in hiring me so but I had this other um awesome uh, gift that I can actually help people get organized and um so that's then I started to pursue that and um so from from that I did some extra training in it so um because for example a lot of clutter has to do with emotional um problems with grief it has a lot to do with grief it has a lot to do with suppressed emotions and everything so i took some extra training because it's a little different whether you help somebody just with office and paper clutter or whether you help somebody with household clutter so i just diversified a little bit and um yeah so that's where i am right now so i'm very passionate about helping people creating supportive environments and i always stress and say it's not so much about what you get rid of that's less the point it's more about what you surround yourself with and how it makes you feel and how it makes you function in your life and business so that's the condensed version <laughs> wonderful so i'm i'm also curious to know how you mentioned astrology earl at the in the bio Yes. Um, how does astrology fit into this whole scheme? <clears throat> yeah, so astrology is a hobby of mine or was a hobby of mine for the longest time already. Like I think I started probably, did I discover it? Probably in my early 20s, I started discovering it. But I didn't make a connection to to what I'm doing for work. And I was it was more like undercover. I <laughs> didn't tell anybody too much about it. Um, but then later on in life, I came back to it, but I always used it more like a, um, a, a hobby. And then during the pandemic or like in the, in the big lockdown, I, I started to dive into it even more. And I started to understand that because, you know, like you said in my bio, I also say decluttering is self-love. And I say it's self-love because we're making our life easier for us. Now, with knowing somebody's chart, I actually have some 
insider information, if you want to call it that way, which can lead as a shortcut to um, helping them find what works for them. And I can give you an example with that. So in astrology, there are four elements. There's uh, fire, air, earth, and water. And for example, if somebody has a lot of air, they are easily distracted, more likely to get um, uh, distracted or uh, being unfocused with, with work. So you have to help them find maybe habits and routines that take this into consideration. People with a lot of earth might be too perfectionist. So that you have to help them to look at everything a little bit more um, from a lighter side and stuff like that. So I just started to, to implement it and incorporate it into how I help my clients. And it actually worked out very beneficial. Now, that being said, I can do um, an astrology consultation without talking about clutter. And we can, of course, do a decluttering consultation without using astrology, or we can combine it. Yeah. Wonderful. So for you, what was the, what was the big turning point? Um, in other words, it sounds like you were doing this organizing early on. Did you ever have a period in your time where clutter, clutter got to you in some way? Not so much the physical clutter, but I became more and more aware of mental clutter. So when I went through, um, like when I started to pivot away from finance and more into helping people, you know, Robert, we can all Google how to get rid of things. It's not, the information is out there. It's not difficult. What stops us is the mental clutter. And the more I started to look into it, the more I realized I have a lot of mental clutter myself, you know? And this is where my pivotal point is. And I can be dealing, and this is going on now for years, dealing with my mental clutter, which is in case people are wondering, is mostly limiting beliefs and negative self-talk, putting ourselves down. You probably have heard, maybe even done it yourself. We would never talk the way to anybody else the way we talk to ourselves, no. And so this is mental clutter. So when I realized that this is mental clutter, I'm doing it to myself, which stops me in a lot of things that I could do or would want to do, procrastination is one of the things that happen when you have a lot of mental clutter. That's then when I, when I feel like I could start helping um, the people even more because I understood them better. Because most people always said, well, Connie, you're born organized. You don't know how it is to be disorganized, you know, but that is just maybe with the physical stuff, because for some reason I feel how the, uh, the, the chaotic sur uh, surroundings make like make me heavy and and unfocused but with the mental clutter i realized i can help people so much more because i had to struggle and i still do and i think we will our whole life uh, struggle with mental clutter we have this gremlin in our head that is sometimes really nasty and we have to learn how to deal with him him or her so if i have let's just say for argument's sake that i have clutter in my home mm -hmm. clutter in my business Mm -hmm. and clutter in my mind, in mm -hmm. my, my belief system. Where do I begin? It's very individual, but I would say start with the physical clutter. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you notice that your brain gets in the way, 
<laughs> then you may have to start with the mental clutter. But I would actually suggest we start with the physical clutter and then, show, uh, then pay attention what mental clutter comes up. Because if we start, we are already a society that is very heavy in the head. So if we start in the head, we, will, we may never move. So I'm trying to get people to move first and then pay attention what mental clutter shows up. So in a lot of a lot of spiritual and emotional change work, we concern ourselves with our emotions. Mm -hmm. When it comes to this notion of clutter, where do we begin? How do we start that process? If you want to pay attention to your emotional, yeah, if you want to look at this relationship between or, or look at emotions as things as stuff that's in the way right mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. same way that you look at your desk and you say okay well i've got you know way too much stuff on this desk i need to get rid of some yeah so i so how i approach it is like you if you become aware and awareness is like it's a big thing if you become aware become aware how it makes you feel how your surroundings make you feel you are in your emotions and most people feel stressed, but at the same time, they feel like they don't know how to change it or they have no time to change it. No. And, the, and then we're starting to suppress this emotion of stress or uneasiness or, or and that creates even more clutter. That's how I see it. So instead of pausing, recognizing that I actually don't feel good when I'm sitting on my desk or when I enter my office or when I enter my house, we just start to stuff it away with a lot of mental clutter that then says, I have no time to look after it and I just have to deal with it and I just have to do it, you know. But if you start decluttering the way I teach it or the way I help my clients where we start, we start with very... Um, Items that are not emotionally triggering or not as emotionally triggering as a lot of clutter is, and then start feeling. What do we feel? Like a lot of people have a lot of anxiety and scarcity around throwing things out, but by not doing it, you're not resolving for these emotions at all. You're just stuffing them down, which creates even more clutter. So my solution or, or my approach is, we're, approach is the better word. My approach is we start with things that are the least emotionally, you're the least emotionally attached to it so that you can start dealing with your emotions that come up at the same time with your mental clutter, if that answers your question. But of that course, question. We, can't, we can't separate it. It's all like, th this is one big chaotic cluster, no? So we have to start somewhere and then, uh, see where it leads us. Some people feel so stressed, then we start with the emotion first. Okay, why do you feel so stressed? What are you thinking? Or what physical items are stressing you out? Others are maybe not so aware of what they're feeling. They're more aware of what they're thinking. Then we have to dig a little bit. Well, what are you feeling now? And what are you feeling when you're trying to change something? So, so can you give us an example of a client that you worked with who really resolved some of their emotional issues at the same time that they created the right environment and got rid of stuff that they did that didn't belong, how all of this could 
possibly come together? Yes. So I had um, one client of mine and she was actually in most areas of her life. She was a teacher or she uh, she is still a teacher, a uh, very organized person in a way. But um, they had one child and actually wanted to have a second child. And it turned out it wasn't possible. And so what her clutter was that kept her stuck, not just in her private life, but also in a lot of her business life was that she couldn't get rid of all these things that she kept from her first child because they wanted more than one. And so every time she was in her office or in her home, she would be reminded by all these things around her that she couldn't have another child or they couldn't have another child, I should say, include the husband too. So um, by working with me, we could we could deal with these emotions and we could, and, and I, I want to say to this, if somebody is um, working with somebody who helps them declutter, they should make sure that that person never pushes them to get rid of anything. I'm very particular about that. I'm not coming to a client and say, oh, you should get rid of this. That's not my job. It's not my place. It's all that person's place. But what we're investigating is, is how is the effect of these things onto my life. And she noticed that the effect that she was very aware, she noticed the effect is very negative and heavy on her, but she couldn't deal with it herself. So what we then did is we, um, we went through things together. She could decide to let go some of the things. She could not let go of other things, which is totally fine. But what happened afterwards is, it started opening up. She started to feel better. She started to feel lighter. So her business started to um, improve. The relationship with her husband started to improve too, because it's just this heaviness was not between them anymore. I would assume with her, with her first child, it, it probably changed too. And and then um, it's just the whole life got better. And she still says to today, I have this treasure box of these things that I couldn't get rid of. And I really treasure them and everything else. I'm so glad I could pass on to somebody who can actually use it. And it was a huge relief, but she was just like stuck there and couldn't, couldn't do it on her own. Or maybe she would have been able to do it on her own later. Who knows? But by not dealing with it, she just kept herself stuck. She kept her marriage kind of hostage. She kept her business stuck. So that's one example how especially emotional clutter tied with physical clutter can um, have an, 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 an ripple effect. Like I always say, like it has a maybe not so positive or a negative ripple effect in your life. If you have a lot of clutter and if you start clearing it, it has a positive ripple effect in, in your life and in your business. So using that as our example, kind of in the background, mm -hmm. what kind of a formula could you give our listeners or suggest to our listeners about how to go from where they are now, at least to move in the proper direction? Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. do I begin? What do I do? What are my goals? Yeah. Um, so what I want to start first and say what most people try to do and why it's not working. What most people try to do is they take on too much. They're thinking like, oh, okay, I have to reserve a whole weekend and then we're going to go through it all. And we're just getting, we're just creating this 
perfect organized home or office or whatever. Most of the time that doesn't work. It's a little bit similar like if you would decide today that tomorrow you're going and running a marathon. It's actually, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right? So what is um, what I suggest you do is you start small and we have to sometimes force ourselves to really start small because we all want to have overnight success, no? But if you can start small, so small, short or small areas. So instead of saying, I'm going to um, redo the whole closet, start with one shelf. Or if the shelves are big and have a lot of stuff on it, start with half a shelf. Or tell yourself, I just do something for 15 minutes and then I call it a win, you know? And then try to implement that daily. Like I always say a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. So if you start small and you do every day a little bit, you get into the habit, you start building your decluttering muscle, how I call it, you know, it's like you're training your muscle. And then the third thing I would say is um, another, another thing how people set themselves up for failure is they often go beeline to the most emotional thing, you know, like, oh, the china I got from my grandmother, I don't know what to do with it. Well, don't worry about the china from your grandmother right now. <laughs> there is probably things that you can get rid of or organized that are less emotionally triggering than the china of your grandmother. So start with things that you're not emotionally attached to. I always joke to and say most people know where their clutter is and what they want to get rid of. They just haven't done it yet. So maybe start there. You know already you don't want this. You want to get rid of it. Get yourself to go and get rid of these things before you start going to the to the heavy emotional charged stuff. That that would be the three um, suggestions which you can combine, like combined a few minutes a day, just a small area, something that is not your most emotional thing. Yeah. So, okay. So let's say that I, I do that and I am successful by setting on reasonable goals, things that I can do relatively easily. Like you said, either a shelf or a half a shelf or 15 minutes of organizing. And let's say that I begin to get a little bit of forward momentum with that. And I start seeing some changes in certain areas of my home or my business. Now, is this a good time to shift over to the emotional clutter that you described earlier as well? I do believe that if you are paying attention, um, you will feel when you are ready for certain things. That is my experience with clients. Sometimes you have a, a feeling that you want to move to something that is more emotionally charged, but you're kind of like afraid of it or you're worried that it may trigger a lot. That's often the time when I suggest get yourself some support, um, moral or emotional support, you know, like you can, you could hire somebody like me who, who is trained to help you with it. Or, or if you have a very mindful friend, you could maybe do that with that person. But I do believe you are you are um, coming to the point where you know when you can move on to more um, emotionally charged items. And again, there is, again, a spectrum. I mean, you don't have to, again, don't have to go. It's not like there's a timeline. Okay, you do 
two weeks of 15 minutes a day and then you can go to your grandma's china it's not working that way it's like we're we're having to listen to ourselves but you can start slowly maybe you can start with some gifts that you got and you don't like and you felt guilty to give away but maybe you can now that you have a little bit more um, experience and expertise in decluttering your things maybe you have a different mindset around these items and you might be able to let go of some of those because you really don't like them so you know like let's use that as an example then because mm -hmm. that that is a really good example of something physical this object mm -hmm. that was given to me by somebody i care about um yes. and i have guilt about throwing it out yeah so the the emotional the emotional issue has everything to do with my ability to throw this out or to mm -hmm. give it away or to get mm -hmm. rid of it. Mm -hmm. And it also uncovers the fact that I have that guilt in the first place. Mm -hmm. So would that be an example of the physical part of this leading directly into the emotional part of it? Yeah. And, and just now think about Robert, what is in between? It's the thoughts because your thoughts are, this person gave me this, I can't get rid of it. This person paid money for it, I can't get rid of it. And all these thoughts and and um, and then maybe conditioning or how you brought up, like um, maybe your parents said whatever we're being given, we have to honor or whatever. Um, there, there, there's a lot of mental clutter going around it. And I would argue that is why you have the emotional uh, struggle with it much more than just the item itself but yeah of course you feel guilty to give it away because of all these mental thoughts and then again i'm never say you have to just get rid of it get over it that's not the point the point is to figure out okay are these sentences do they serve me like and you could also like with the example of the gift i always tell the person you could think of yourself if you're giving a gift to somebody else why are you giving the gift? Do you give the gift in the expectation that this person holds on to it and puts it on its mantelpiece for the rest of their life and, and, and worships it? Or are you, is it more the act of giving something to somebody and that is the gift and then the item actually is really not so relevant? Like we can start uncovering this. And again, that's not to say that you have to get rid of it if you have a lot of struggle around it, but we can start working through that struggle and figuring it out. You could even go and ask that person and say, listen, I have this now for 10 years. You gave me that 10 years ago. Would you be okay if I give it away, maybe to Goodwill or somebody who could use it? <laughs> and oftentimes that person doesn't even remember they gave it to you. They, they have no problem with it, you know? So there's lots of ways how we can work through this, which will relieve us from this emotional heavy, uh, heavy emotions that we're having around it and the guilt, you know, and then we can get rid of it. And most people, um, when they start doing this process, um, they say that they feel lighter. They feel like a weight comes off their shoulder because we're having all these stories why we have to hang on to these things. The other thing that that strikes me about that is the, the thought that, you know, that that when we hold on to these physical items, that it's probably also connected to a concept of limitation. Yeah. That there's not yeah. enough to go around. So if yes. I throw something out, well, my goodness, what's going to happen if I need this 
three yep. days from now or 30 <laughs> years from now what happens if i threw i threw that out and then i need it and i can't go out and get it again yeah yeah so yeah. how do so how do we deal with that concept of of limited resources yeah so there's also different um approaches and it depends again on the situation but for example you can ask yourself okay when have i used it last for example and i mean if somebody tells me they haven't used it in three years or whatever, then the next question is, what is the chance or what do you think? When is the next chance that you would use it? Or what is the situation that has to come up that you would need it or use it? And just by exploring these, we can make a more informed decision by noticing too that you're actually acting or holding on to it out of a scarcity mentality um, we can go and start exploring those emotions too. And I totally understand it. And then it also depends what, what generation these people are. Like when I'm trying to help people who, for example, went through Second World War, they have a lot of issues because they actually physically had to live through this. So um, they may have a completely different issue than somebody who is younger who actually never really had um, this experience firsthand, but they maybe had parents or grandparents who had that. And then it's more mental because that's how they grew up. And parents or grandparents said, oh, we're never throwing anything out, but they themselves don't have it emotionally. So there's a lot of variations of it. By exploring it, you will make more informed decisions whether or not you want to let it go. Another issue is like, if you're really in a dilemma, you can always give yourself a time limit and say, okay, I keep it for now. But if I haven't used it in the next six months, then I give it away or something along that line. But again, like we are all unique. <laughs> so it's the unique situation. What item is it um, that we, we can go dig deeper and, and figure it out? Well, this is all some very useful information, Connie. <laughs> and uh, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you and find out more, how can they do that? Yeah, the, the best way is to go to my website. From there, they find everything that I offer. My website is conigraph.com. So it's C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F.com. And from there, you find um, I have a blog where I write some stuff. I have a podcast. You find all the podcast episodes there. I have a lot of tips and, and, and techniques how to start. And um, yeah, of course, I help people for a living, helping them through that struggle, but they also find all that information on my website. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Connie Graff, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing some really useful information about decluttering our lives and our minds. <laughs> well, thank you, Robert, for having me. This was awesome. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Before you go, I wanted to remind you of free healing resources available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.